Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Diving Into Crypto. This is JP from Adlunum INC bringing you everything about Web3. On the show today called Radically Transformed, we have a guest that has been bred and has uh, been a champion when it comes to Duradix. He's going to talk to us about uh, a number of things, not just about the chain, but also about the decks that he represents. Um, be however, before we begin, I'd like to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, you have emojis uh, at the at the bottom of your um, uh, of this app. If you're on the phone or if you're listening to this on the computer, feel free to use them. Uh, also, uh, just so that we we remember, uh, views expressed on this program belong to those of the speaker and are meant for education purposes only. It is not to be construed as financial advice. Towards the end of the show, we will have a question and answer round. So keep your questions ready. Uh, if you come across something that you would like to ask the, the speaker, we will open up the room so that you can ask in your question. But in the meantime, you can also send these questions across to Adlunum INC or to our speaker directly, and we'll have those answered for you. Now, for those of you that don't know, Adlunum is the world's first NFT integrated engage to earn C crowdfunding and IDO platform with the proof of attention allocation model. If you don't know what that means, check out our website adludum.cc for more information. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, help us welcome to the stage today our guest who I'm going to allow him to introduce himself, but he has been uh, an experienced online marketer. He's been in IT, he's traveled the world for three years uh, just to feed his wanderlust. And he, he's done that through a very, very interesting uh, journey. A digital nomad, if you've ever known one. But let me not spoil that for you. Let's welcome him to the show today. And let him, let's, get us, uh, let's get him to tell us his story. Lucas, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome, for, <laughs> welcome to Diving Into Crypto. <laughs> thank you so much, Shafi, for this awesome introduction. <laughs> Looking forward to this uh, space and to all the questions. That we follow. Likewise, likewise. Now, Lucas, <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little about yourself and what got you into the Web3 space. Yeah, good question. Uh, so I started uh, first looking into crypto at 2016-17. Uh, first, I was more like curious about the tech with blockchain, Bitcoin, ETH at the time, of course, the big two, still still the big two to, to this day. And um, the first, uh, more from a, yeah, more like a investor perspective, uh, but in the meantime, I really got more into depth, uh, into the technology. And this is what actually now drives me the most, is uh, to see what's out there, what, what new techs, uh, tech arrives, uh, what people, uh, hardworking teams are figuring out to get even forward, so to get a next level, to next leap forward for this, for this industry. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually what, what really brought me in uh, two years ago with, with Redix, yeah. Okay. Interestingly, I know that you, you've, you've had a little foray with regular, uh, the regular IT industry, right? And you've been in sales, and of course, you've, you've mm. traveled a lot. Um, yeah. 
then it has to have been a point at which you know you thought that hey web3 is the space to be for me what was that moment like for you lucas mm good question so it was more like a in a drive for myself that I'm uh maybe not the best uh, employee right <laughs> uh, so but so it was not like a, for 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 the not not really thought okay i have to go into web3 or into crypto in the first place more like i really like to do my own stuff to be an entrepreneur to do yeah whatever uh, tries me the most um so i also decided to go to what you already mentioned uh, to do world travel at the in the beginning just with a small uh, hand luggage uh, together with my girlfriend and at the time um wasn't really sure how long and which which uh, direction and whatever so it was completely uh yeah to, to really challenge ourselves at the time and at, at with with that i i got the opportunity to find a lot of really like-minded people uh, also digital nomads who do like some online marketing uh, stuff and also somewhere into crypto as well doing some online conferences uh, related to crypto and web3 topics at the time so that was the reason uh, i i got into that even further after than just just investing uh, and stuff like that yeah so it was like uh, Yeah, <laughs> this way around. <laughs> okay, so Lucas, you 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 know, I I feel the resonance of of you having been a bit of a, a rebel of sorts, uh, you know, having to explore, and and I I know that this resonates with a lot of us, not just in the room, but also in the Web three space, because that's what what crypto is. We want to go against the grain, right? Um, was there a moment for you at which you thought, hey, you know what, um, this is the space that at the moment that you knew that 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 hook was in you because of web3 was it just the tech could it have been the trading what what was it, what was it like mm, to be honest the first years uh, from 2016 onwards to 2021 was really uh, wasn't that deep into the uh, scene and also uh, yeah, not so heavily involved. Uh, that really changed a lot two years ago as I first discovered uh, Radix. It's a, a new layer one technology. And uh, this uh, deep dive into the tech technology really uh, get all, got all my attention. And that really fascinated me that much that I decided to even run my own node on the Radix network first and afterwards to even... Uh, Yeah, launch uh, OC Swap as a co-founder. Um, so that was really like uh, the game changer moment. Moment for myself was like discovering Radix itself. So it was like a completely shift in my mindset uh, because this enables so many things. We maybe can go uh, further into details later at this space, but uh, that really uh, shifted a lot for me so, for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Super, super, super. Now, um, Lucas, there's there's a story that 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 went into the you know how uh, Aussie Swap started. The you know tell tell us that story. Tell us how you how you found the people that that helped you mm. begin with Aussie Swap. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, uh, two years ago, I first discovered Redix. Uh, it was some 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 social media posts. So um, yeah, and uh, afterwards, I decided to. Do a deep dive into the technology, and then uh, um, two, three months later, to run my own node called Stadtbus Node. And with that opportunity, uh, other people got aware of me because I uh, was uh, out there a lot on the social media. Uh, and yeah, 
Then uh, Marco and Florian, my two other co-founder mates, asked me if I want to join as well with OCSwap. Uh, so it was like they already had all the ideas and, and, and uh, icon, logo, design, everything already set in stone and asked if I want to join as well. And it was a really honor for me at the time and still is uh, to now be part of this journey. Yeah. Oh, that's that is brilliant. So okay, so you you found a group you found a group of people that that you you have a connection with, and you you were able to, to get this off the ground. Okay, that's fantastic. Yes. Um, you know, uh, Lucas, I, I have to ask you when it comes to just starting anything new, and you're in a unique perspective to be able to share some light on this because when you uh, transition from from web two to web three, that's a that's a huge challenge because it turns a lot of what we know about the industry in Web 2 and what we know about the industry in Web 3, it, it, you know, it, it, there's a huge transformation that, that does occur, even though from the surface it looks like, hey, it's just tech, right? So I, what I want to ask you is, what have been some of the, um, some of the learnings that you've, that you've had when it came to developing your community around uh, around Aussie Swap, was it was it easy to to find the community the same way that you did in Web two, or what you're doing in Web three is it is it radically different? How is that working out for you? Mm. Very good question. Uh, I guess and it's not that different after all. Uh, for people outside Web three crypto, it's really like a completely black box. They don't really understand. Uh, also, from an entrepreneurial perspective, uh, how this works. Uh, at all right yeah. so but in the end yeah. i just said to people what what i do actually i'm working for a software developing company so um so they have some some idea what we're doing in the end we are just developing software it's a, a smart contract software uh, so there's the connection to the web 2 world people have an understanding of what we're actually doing so it's not that different actually uh, to to build up a community to build up a company in that sense even if it's a completely decentralized i know it's kind of weird to to, to, to give this uh, wording for it. But in the end, it is like that. In the beginning, you need a, a dedicated team who builds uh, mm -hmm. smart contracts to build a community. And over time, uh, with the success, with uh, it grows in terms of many different metrics. And after all, it will be as decentralized as possible because the, uh, the, the initial team uh, have reduced power time over time with token uh, distribution and also with DAOs and stuff like that. But in the beginning, it's really important that you have some, some um, even not so big, uh, dedicated team who does everything possible to, to make it a success. And then mm -hmm. afterwards, uh, you have to have, to have a um, roadmap to get as uh, decentralized as possible over time. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I, I can see that. I can see that completely, of course, that, it, that there is something. Um, but I, okay. And then, and then there's also a point at which, you know, when you're getting people to, to, to come on board, to really love what it is that, that, that you're doing, um, you know, are, are there mm -hmm. some things that you're doing that are, are different to what, you know, you normally see, uh, you know, you, you don't have to spell out your secret sauce, uh, on, on a podcast <laughs> like this, but, but is there something that you do or something that you have as your core principle, your core value that says, mm -hmm. this is what I, this is how we'll provide um, you know, how we'll share value with our community. Is, is mm. there something like that with you guys? Our core, core values are really, uh, so it's really the fundamental 
driven to, to, to push this uh, whole industry forward, to have a, a leap forward even, uh, not just with our tech, with OCSwap, with our DEX, especially mm -hmm. why we decided to launch on, on Redix is, uh, is, is the idea uh, that this layer one enables a lot of opportunities or possibilities that wasn't really possible before. So for instance, um, what are the biggest issues today uh, for crypto for Web3 in general? I guess, uh, from my understanding, it's scalability. Uh, so mm -hmm. we, all, all the different layer ones and, and people are figuring out how to solve this issue, uh, like with sharding or with uh, layer twos or rollups or stuff like that. But there's still an issue that's not really solved. Um, mm -hmm. Then uh, the user experience, so that people are coming from Web2 are actually feeling like they are uh, still in Web2. So at the moment, it's like with MetaMask, with seed phrases, with uh, blind signing, with all that different things. It's um, like a complete, completely uh, different world and uh, not, it's not so easy to understand for people coming from Web2, right? So we really need to solve that UX issue as well. And developers' uh, experience is also very important so that people that want to build smart contracts are able to do that way quicker also way safer. So we have like 3.8 billion dollars lost due to hacks and exploits alone in 2022. And that's a way, way, way too high number uh, that people really, really feeling confident to use uh, smart contracts today. And so those are the three biggest issues. And all the, of, of these three mentioned issues um, mm -hmm. is like the core principle of Redix to solve in a in, in, in another way um, that we are seeing today in other, uh, other places. So that's the reason why we decided to launch here. And that's our core principle to push this narrative and push this technology to the next level. Got it. Okay. Wow, that's, that's a tall order. And those are a, certainly a large number of areas to, to, to go focus on. I mean, it, it, I'm certain it must be crazy at the office at some point. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's 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 a lot of work to do especially uh in so many different ways uh, so still redix itself is not really well known it's kind of a hidden gem still mm -hmm. and uh, so they get out there people are getting uh, getting um yeah us known in general it's it's, mm -hmm. it's a challenge of course people are used to um, the big ones like ethereum and, and evm and stuff like that and if you're coming around with a completely new tech so it's not EVM comp compatible. It's uh, not a blockchain even. <laughs> so people are kind of kind of confused when they're first uh, digging deeper in, in, in Redix and have all the assumptions, what they are knowing right. from other places. And then, I, uh, then they are uh, really dig deeper and see, okay, yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Everything is built from scratch. It's completely new tech. Uh, so it's nothing mm -hmm. is, is like <laughs> copied from, from other places. So it's uh, really a mind shift, but it's uh, like a mind-blowing uh, shift for myself and for many people who dig, to dig deeper at the time. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I, you know, so you, I mean, we know that there, there's, so many, there, there's so many DEXs out there, uh, mm -hmm. but more so I want to take a step back with where Web3 is concerned. And you, you hit on a very important point, Lucas, uh, and that is when it comes to the you know, user experience, right? The UX. It, it is, uh, I, I personally believe it's, it's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't transition from, from Web2 to Web3 because 
the experience is uh, is a lot more like you uh, like you said before, right? When it comes to having to sign up for a wallet, when it comes to having to, to even try and on ramp some uh, some currencies, because in certain places across the world, uh, you know, mass adoption hasn't happened yet, right? Uh, but even when it comes to when it comes to usability like this. Uh, between between the tech as a community, between the users as a community, uh, let's look at the at, at the first one. Let's look at the 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 mass stage, right? When it comes to the users as a community, um, what are some of the ways you think that you know all stakeholders in the industry should focus on a bit more to be able to transition a non Web three user into a Web three user? What do you think? Yes, that's one of the most important aspects for me personally. Also, for what we try to achieve with OCSwap, uh, in um, tandem with with the Redix tech, uh, tech stack itself as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what you're seeing today, people are getting onboarded with mostly browser wallets like like MetaMask, for instance, mm -hmm. and that's also kind of kind of confusing. So you you're starting downloading it for your browser, and then you have mm -hmm. to write down your seed phrases like twelve twenty four words and store it safely somewhere in some some places uh, most people even just copy paste it to your to their cloud providers stuff like that so to, doing all the all the bad bad things but it's not convenient it's not not really for, for people outside crypto it's really weird to do something like that right and so uh, the core principle also from radix and OCSwap is that we just download your uh, mobile wallet uh, your radix wallet that will come end of july and simply for Android and an and iPhone, and you can you are set and done after three steps. Nothing else to do. At the time you you do your first transaction, the wallet asks you if you want to uh, set up your two-factor authentication. Very important two-factor, not not seed phrases. So you will never ever see any seed phrases. So the, this will allow a way safer. A way to to actually deal with crypto in general. So you can use your friends and family, for instance, as a, as a two factor, your YubiKey, Ledger wallet, yeah. whatever. So you can set up a, a different set of two factors, and this is really a completely shift in in design. For instance, what we see today in crypto that will hopefully enable massive adoption in the end because people are never really getting used to seed phrases and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting point. As a matter of fact, using using two FA because the two FA is something that's common. You use it with, with email, with a lot of your web apps. Um, you know, having having to use that as an alternative to to simply your, your, your seed phrase is uh, is is one option. Um, any other thoughts? Any other ideas? Yeah. Also, uh, what's what's important at, in, in, at the moment you're seeing on the EVM chains and with ERC. Standards, so that, that means something like a token or NFT is not really native uh, to the to the ledger itself. So this enables a lot of uh, problems we see today with a lot of hacks and exploits, because it's uh, for a very challenging task for developers and Solidity uh, to actually make these smart contracts as secure as possible, because there's so many pitfalls uh, you have to be aware of, and with Redix uh, and the Redix engine, so it's not an EVM. Uh, it actually knows natively what tokens and NFTs are, so it's native to the ledger. So this is like an, a core principle, and uh, you're really natively uh, sending your tokens or your NFT from wallet A to B. So it's not like today we're seeing it in different ERC balance sheets. Uh, you'd have to update those, those balance sheets, but you're not actually holding uh, 
any token or NFT inside your own wallet so that most people are not really aware of. So you're just holding the ETH token itself, the native ETH token inside your wallet. Right. But every other has to be asked, if you have to ask each uh, smart contract if, if it's actually, <laughs> if you're actually holding those tokens. So, but with Radix, yeah. you really have every single token NFT inside your own vault. And mm -hmm. so this enables so many new poss possibilities and also is so, so much safer uh, than what we're seeing today. So this is also a very important core principle uh, to make an, uh, for the UX to make it as secure as possible for people to feeling actually comfortable to use crypto. So when you're seeing each day by day on Rekt or where, wherever you see uh, just another hack, just another uh, uh, bridge or smart contract got, got, has some exploits or your, your wallet gets, gets drained because you're a blind sign for something. So given completely full uh, allowance that that some smart contract can actually train your wallet so that's a really really bad practice what we're seeing at the moment uh, with radix it cannot really uh, cannot really happen because it's not really possible to give some some random smart contract your fully permission to actually train mm -hmm. your wallet uh, so right that's one of the most important stuff we would try to solve and do better yeah. oh that's that's interesting um you know, so so one of uh, I have a friend who 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 swears by Radix, right? And uh, you know, I, I know that there's uh, again a, a large community of, of Radix believers out there. Was one of the first that that, that came out. Uh, you know, very very strong with the with the developer community across certain geographies. Um, let's let's take this in in two parts, right? So the first part is um, when it comes to when it comes to Radix. What makes what makes more developers, uh, you know, find Radix as one of the one of the the prime techs uh, tech that they should be using or or learn more about? What do you think? What we've seen so far in the early stage, so we're still pre smart contracts end of July, so yeah, we're still kind of time, kind of small a small community and also developer community. But what mm -hmm. happens uh, to this day is that. Uh, one developer talk to another developer and really recommends right. to actually deep dive into it because it's so much better or it feels so much more um, convenient, convenient to use. So Radix has an own smart contract language called Scripto. It's a Rust-based framework. And this mm -hmm. allows um, like this asset-oriented handling of things, makes it way, more e way easier for, for developer to actually start with their own idea. That's the reason why Radix says to, to its own Red, uh, Radix engine, game engine. So it's like an Unity right. or Unreal engine for game, game developers, uh, for, for DeFi mm -hmm. developers. So that actually enables the developer to build their idea right away and don't think about all the low-level stuff. And uh, so... Everything what's more low level is actually handled from the uh, race engine right away, so we don't have to deal with all that uh, clunky stuff and <laughs> on the lower end. Mm -hmm. So you can actually eighty percent of your time is building the idea, the core idea, and also uh, and twenty percent uh, looking for security and stuff like that. Where uh, with EVM and Solidity is like the other way around. Most of the time, eighty percent of your developer time you have to spend for for security for to secure your smart contract for audits, for very expensive audits and stuff like that. So the time to market is so much mm -hmm. quicker with uh, the technology of, of Redix. I guess it would draw a lot of attention over time, and especially for the developer community, because they see, okay, I have idea X, Y, Z. I can develop this 
same idea on Redix and like a tenth of the time like on like on EVM, EVM change and EVM chains and, and solidity. So yeah. time to market is very important for developers because uh, yeah, it's, of course you don't need so big fundings and uh, to get going and also spend so much funds for audits. And so therefore I guess and I hope so uh, this will allow way more innovation in the future because at the moment we just see a, a handful of of blue uh, of 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 smart contracts that are really battle tested on, on Ethereum. Uh, like Aave, like Compound, like uh, Uniswap, for instance. But why don't we see way, way, way more innovation happening? Uh, because it's so hard to actually build and save smart contract, battle-tested smart contracts on, on EVM chains, chains. And I really hope to see on Redix that we have so much more in innovation in a in shorter amount of time. And this will hopefully draw a lot of attention to our chain. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, I, I think that that you may have hit the nail on the head when you when you say that we need to we need to have a lot more focus when it comes to to innovation as opposed to just just the mainstream part, right? Uh, do you, do you see some do you see some focus or some initiative being given when it comes to innovating on on chains like these? I'm I'm talking about this broadly, not just with Radix, but you know, overall, when it comes to innovation, do you see a lot more innovation happening or should there be a lot more innovation happening? What do you think? Yeah, in general, absolutely. There should be way, 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 way more than uh, just uh, DEXs and, and li liquid staking and, and derivatives. So we have some, some sort of battle-tested categories and on all the mm -hmm. layer ones, but yeah, it's really still lacking a lot of uh, more real-world um, applications um, and lacking so much more innovation at the, at the moment. So people are kind of focused now on, on relying on the uh, on the few battle-tested smart contracts for a good reason mm -hmm. because uh, they uh, fear that their hack, uh, that their tokens get lost and hacked and stuff like that because of all the new upcoming smart contracts. It takes some time to get actually. Uh, confident enough that those uh, smart contracts are safe enough, so that's that's one of the yeah biggest issues I guess why why it takes so long so long until uh, real innovation is happening because yeah it's yeah we have to deal with user funds it's not like uh, let's say uh, other industries uh, if there's some some hacks it's not so important because it not really uh, cannot really happen that much right. Uh, but in this case, it's really bad because uh, user funds are uh, on on the line, right? Uh, so mm -hmm. this industry has to be as secure as possible, so that people really feel uh, confident enough to use those applications. And that's the reason for this lacking innovation on all those chains, because they are relying just on those very few smart contracts that are over the years, over five, six, seven years, yeah. battle tested, and uh, like Uniswap. Or like Aave, they are really like uh, considered the, the 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 best of the best, right? And uh, people are feeling confident mm -hmm. to use them, but not all the new upcoming shiny smart contracts because they are thinking, okay, there could some could happen something if you, if you use them too early. Maybe there's some uh, there's some bug, and then mm -hmm. your 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 assets are gone. And yeah, that's that's horrible at the moment, unfortunately. Understood. Yeah, no, understood. No, you know, I can see I can see a complete relation with with what you you're referring to, right? As it is, you just have about five percent of the world 
that's doing anything with with web3 in, including where crypto is concerned right and at the same time you you know there there has to be a stimulus for an appetite for innovation now while while most of us are still getting getting used to this and and you know you you can see that there's an appetite for innovation in in few spaces you can you you know for a fact that it's there across the US uh in some parts of Europe like Germany for example uh you know even Japan right uh, there's there's a huge uh, appetite when it comes to to something innovative do you think that putting some focus on on this particular aspect would help that is to 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 stimulate uh more in more of an innovation appetite do you, do you think that that would help or you know or should we be going in a different direction mm. absolutely that's a, that's the second step for me after the first step and this is actually having a reliable uh, infrastructure in place right uh, so people feeling confident to build uh, and also use uh, those applications uh, decentralized applications um this is not so in my opinion we are not there yet uh, so we don't have this stage that we have a reliable enough uh, foundation um like like uh, virtual machines and and smart and languages and stuff like that that are reliable enough for innovation uh, so if this if if this is in place like the first step the second place uh, st- second step definitely should be that we uh, should uh, enforce way way more in- innovation and um make <laughs> make noise uh, that more developers right. jo- joining jo- joining web3 because it's still so tiny markets like uh, <laughs> i don't know we have uh, millions and millions of developers and we have still just 50 60k not not even that uh, developers yeah. uh, focusing on on web3 defi so it's still a tiny tiny margin so therefore uh yeah <laughs> that's 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 really true and in that sense we are really really early uh, in that regard that not a lot of developers are uh here yet to to actually feel confident enough to build here yeah, yeah i you know i i think you you're right there i think once again you've 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 put a spotlight on you what are some of the systemic issues that that we're facing you you need a lot more developers who are interested and you know focused and and running a similar engine to to what you have in in web2 you have these large powerful corporations uh that are able to do uh you know a, a huge scale of uh you know take on huge scale uh of uh technology solutions right uh, and that's that's missing uh, uh, at some point in in of course web3 uh, i can't think of a web3 company that's that's doing that has the same volume of quantum that a, a web2 does at this point now i know that that's going to change do you, do you see that do you do you see that happening in the you know maybe the next 3 years or 5 years uh definitely uh especially um moving forward uh, to more um de- decentralized applications that actually enrich everybody's life right obviously every single time we uh, having a new technology people playing around with it and and Right. try to figure figure out to u- <laughs> use case actually right to find some market fit in the end so we we're, we're starting with uh, profile picture nfts it absolutely makes makes sense because we have no really idea at the moment for what to use it uh, in the long run yeah. right so we're right. still in this in this uh, play playground and an early stage that people are figuring out okay we have now these shiny new tools 
how can we use it actually for something that everyday people really uh, have some some benefit from it, right? And I really see those uh, stages in the next three four years, so that we have some some uh, decentralized applications that are really uh, pushing this this industry to the next level, so that everyday people are just downloading their apps, right, uh, and, and using it for their everyday life because it enriched their life in, in a certain way or other. So we cannot really figure out which use cases yet, but uh, there will definitely be uh, a lot of things. Um, and I cannot wait for that to happen because uh, um, digital identity and digital ownership is really, really uh, so important if you think about that. So we couldn't really solve the issues before with digital identity. So everyone could just create an alt account or could say, hey, I, I'm this guy online, but it's not really how to prove that, right? Now we have the technology right. uh, to actually prove it in a, in a di digital space uh, with, uh, with blockchain technology or with DLT um, to prove that you are really the owner of this assets, you're really the owner of, of this and that, right? So this right. enables so many things Especially if you're thinking about in web web free, so like in persona, you can be you have your own digital identity, your own persona, and mm -hmm. everyone is sure that's actually you, and it's not you're not faking someone else or you're just copying some something. And this is uh, if you're thinking about it, and so many spaces like like online gaming and and stuff like that. Uh, so you have your own persona and moving your assets fluently around like a one big liquidity pool for everything online uh, and that's 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 so great and uh, we're just facing the very beginning of all the opportunities we will have in the future so looking forward to that yeah yeah no, um, fair enough I, I guess any any method that would be able to bring about bring about that mass adoption to bring about more users uh, you know is is something that that we all of us in the industry have have got to put our heads together and be able to think about it. And you know, as as you were talking about the digital identity and, and digital ownership, you know, uh, oddly enough, a, a visual comes to mind where we we know that we've got seven billion people across the world, right? But we we haven't seen, we will never, you know, at some point see see most of them. Uh, and in some way, the the only way in which we can connect to more people across geographies is the fact that we have you know, uh, a, a worldwide web, right? Now, this may be a basic uh, point, but then the importance of that comes in exactly as you were saying. Uh, when it comes to having, to understanding a, understanding a person or understanding an identity, maybe even in an, an ethereal uh, sort of form, it, you, you get to understand them because of interactions with them. And, and it makes it so much more, uh, so much more important when you can't have all the senses, uh, you know, giving you feedback about it. So uh, how I mean is that if you meet a person, uh, if you meet someone in person, as opposed to if you meet them online, how do you validate that you can trust them, that you can, you know, how to interact with them? Uh, and, and this in some way does that, right? Yeah, that's that's like like what I said. So that's just just a start to think about all the use cases, right? If you really have a digital persona that's... Uh, that's you, and it's uh, verifiably you because of the underlying blockchain technology. So all the node runners uh, doing the uh, consensus verification stuff. So you're sure, okay, that's that's really you, and that's kind of amazing. If you think about that, so then enables like like trades. Uh, so you can put any 
object in your daily life to, to, an, to right. an NFT, and you can trade NFTs from one to the mm -hmm. others. So it's like an, uh, a kind of an ownership uh, transfer as well uh, for anything, uh, actually. So I'm really looking forward to some 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 new technology, uh, some some new use cases. Like there's someone is storing, for instance. Uh, gold in their company yeah. so and each bar is like uh, one one nft and that nft uh, or the, those gold bars never actually have to move around uh, just right. the market is, is trading those nft certificates or der derivatives or whatever right uh, around and you're sure because it's really verifiable this one nft can just be this specific gold uh, bar right or coin or whatever and so this is just one aspect of the digital ownership and the digital ownership, identity yeah. and the digital identity verifies that's actually you. You are the mm -hmm. true persona. Uh, you are the true owner of this gold bar because you're holding this NFT. So you have this right. aspect of identity and ownership all the time, verifiably because of underlying DLT technology. And this wasn't possible before uh, the time of, of Bitcoin blockchain and stuff like that. And that's, this is really... This is really mind blowing for me. To, if I'm thinking about that, because this is really that enables so many opportunities. I cannot really imagine at the moment. Being able to, uh, being able to to explore that digital identity, being able to explore uh, even even where the the transfer is concerned. Right. Uh, the thought I was trying to, to to pick up on was the fact that you you can't see people, uh, but you are still able to develop an aspect of trust when it comes to interacting with, you know, with an online entity, right? Uh, and, and you can meet a lot of people and they can say a lot of things that, you know, um, whether it comes to speaking about things that they own or things that they do, uh, but being, being in the Web3 space, you are able to create a, a certain amount of trust because you're able to validate what it is that you're saying with what it is that you can actually confirm because of because of the technology we have what do you think absolutely and like i said we're not really have a figure out how to use all all the shiny new tech for instance soulbound tokens right so it's like non-transferable non uh, tokens in your wallet can actually prove uh for instance, with a KYC badge, that's really, really new, right? So I, get, I guess a lot of people don't really like it from a cyberpunk perspective that you are kind of um, transparent and verifiable, verifiable, sorry. Because <laughs> um, a, lot, a lot of people really um, highlighting the anonymous aspect of it as well, right? Yeah. But another way, it's also if you want to use the tech uh, for something to actually um, build trust in the di digital sphere, it's, it's kind of important that uh, other people dealing with you <laughs> actually knowing that that's really you, right? Uh, to avoid a lot of um, harm that could happen otherwise, right? Um, so I guess with the technology, we can enable both. Uh, we could can enable a more anonymous uh, Debs, for instance, if you really want, uh, don't want to see your transactions on a public chain, absolutely makes sense. Right. But on the other hand, it also makes sense to use this technology, um, for instance, with a with an um, Solbon token that's KYC uh, showing that's really you. Uh, so you can actually right. um, use it for stuff that really needs uh, this trust aspect as well. 
And therefore, um, I'm absolutely for both ways at the same time to use this technology. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. I, um, you know, I, I do see, I do see. Eventually, uh, the the entire planet's going to come into this club where you have you know, your bouncers at the door, which is your KYC, and you know your 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 truth. Um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I can't seem to find it right this minute, but you know the fact that you actually find genuine people in this particular space, right? Uh, and and that's because uh, you you know. Uh, you don't have to focus on the question whether you have to trust them or not, but you're just able to to be able to to, to understand them because they've already been verified as they've come through the door, right? Um, yeah, uh, interesting. Okay, uh, shifting a bit towards uh, towards Texas, I want to talk a little about Ossiswap. Uh, you know what it, what it is that you guys are doing, and uh, you've, you've spoken about how you you're you're making the the UX a lot easier than, than most of the spaces, right? And of course, it's just one of the challenges that, that everyone in Web3 faces, but more importantly, in the, the, uh, in the entire arena of those that are with DEXs. Now, how, how do you guys firstly um, solve the problem when it, comes to, when it comes to understanding what a new person getting onto the DEX or, hmm. you know, the, the transitioning them smoothly, right? Just getting them to transition smoothly. What are some of the interesting things you guys do? So to start, this really needs a little bit more of a background story um, to actually un understand our unique journey. Um, so we started with OCSwap in November 21. Um, we are still uh, dealing with an with a layer one without active smart contracts. Uh, so this is a very challenging <laughs> environment for 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 a dep project or dex project right <laughs> uh, at the time we started so it was like uh, smart contracts are coming end of uh, last year so there was some some postponements of course uh, for some more refinements and new ideas that came up in the, in the meantime um, but it wasn't uh, really uh -huh. a, sh a challenge in that sense because we could already start uh, the up and running network, Redix network called Olympia, uh, already enables staking and also sending uh, token, uh, XRD tokens uh, to, from A to B and also create new tokens. So this is kind of unique in that sense. We have no smart contracts, but we have the opportunity to create token tokens already. Uh, therefore, we built our own uh, MVP last year in June. Uh, with a sort of centralized, decentralized exchange. <laughs> so we built our own trading engine and also a custodial wallets um, to already get started. Uh, it wasn't really, uh, we haven't really thought about it uh, at the beginning to do it, to do it but uh, we saw uh, the opportunity to start early, even before smart contracts are live, uh, to already provide our community a working product uh, obviously, with all the disclaimers, that is uh, sort of centralized at the moment. But we also already wanted to pro provide uh, swapping tokens, also providing liquidity. And it, it looks and feels like a DEX. It's not. <laughs> uh, but now, at the moment, yeah. we are obviously uh, heavily headstone building uh, with our sec the six uh, awesome developers in our team the real smart contracts. And, and this will be a completely new product. Um, so this is like the MVP, what we have live now on AussieSwap.com 
is uh, like obsolete end of July. Uh, it will be completely uh, done from scratch, everything, front end, back end, crypto, uh, real smart contracts, of course, a really decentralized <laughs> foundation. And uh, right. there we are really uh, heavily focused now on create UX because um, with the new tech stack, uh, we have the opportunity to onboard people with the Redix wallet, it's mobile. Uh, so what I mentioned earlier, like three clicks, you can already start and you know, have, don't have to deal with uh, some weird stuff like seed phrases, also blind signing. So we say we are OCSwap decentralized exchange like Uniswap be free with concentrated liquidity. But people are actually able to trade with confidence because something like blind signing isn't really a thing on Redix. So you have the guarantees before you actually do a trade, a swap on our exchange. Right. You have, you're certain that it either works or not. So you, have, you can set your slippage, for instance, 2%. If it works, perfect, we'll go through, but not beyond that. Right. Or, it, or it fails, but then nothing happens at all. For instance, on Ethereum, you right. sometimes have to handle or have to deal with fees Although nothing happens, right? <laughs> That's kind of weird. So yeah. that won't happen with Radix at all, with OCSwap. So either it goes through, so you have to pay the fees. That makes sense. But otherwise, you're not. So it is like a completely new uh, way to, to trade with confidence. And yeah, from a UX perspective, completely new. And really looking forward to showcase all of that stuff uh, starting in August this year. Well, more power to you guys at, at Team Oscarswap. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certain a lot of the community is excited about having to do that. And, and, and I love the fact that you, you saw, um, you know, um, UX focused, right? Because that's, that's, the, that's the one part that, that brings about more adoption and brings about more people to come in. So, so yeah. Um, is, there, is there anything else you want to let us know? I know that, uh, that, that you would like to share in the show that, that would get us more excited about visiting y'all when you'll launch in August. Yeah. Yes, we're starting uh, excited. True excitement is really uh, the onboarding experience, I guess. Um, at the moment, we're just able to talk and to say that's the future. <laughs> but it's the great thing is mm -hmm. it's just 39 days. It's really around the corner now. And so we're soon able to show you this really unique onboarding experience you've never seen before in any other crypto project. So it's like a free click. You're able to to be uh, set, right? Don't have to deal with some clunky browser wallets. Uh, it's like one click, you connect your mobile wallet uh, with our DAP on, on browser and or later also with deep linking on, on your mobile phone itself. So it's completely mobile uh, UX possible later on as well. So really looking forward to this, that as well because most users worldwide are already just using mobile phones. And things right. like to be focused or to be desktop first, it's kind of, um, yeah, <laughs> this is really not, not the future because you're kind of not looking for, for people like in Asian countries or African countries. Uh, they don't have right. any, any desktop, laptops, whatever at home. Uh, it's really important that everyone is able to use it in the world, starting with, with that yeah. core principle. And also it's important right. uh, that everyone understands it in five minutes and is able to, to, to use our exchange. And also our exchange itself, uh, from UX perspective, we'd like to, to, to change certain uh, aspects we see uh, we're facing today on other DEXs. Uh, so it's more like an, mm -hmm. people more used to 
on Web2 like exchanges with um, terminologies they are already familiar with, uh, with uh, a look and feel what they are already familiar with in Web2. And also DEXs uh, in the front end mostly really uh, looks like uh, something crypto first. So it's for, for crypto people right. and it's not for the everyday people. And we also want to change that in, uh, in that regard uh, for our look and feel. And um, yeah, that, that's one aspect of it. And the other uh, exciting stuff is our tokenomics. Um, we will soon announce our new V tokenomics um, to actually enable a long-term sustainable uh, way to, to provide liquidity on our exchange. Um, it's not uh, the same like Curve. <laughs> I have certain issues with Curve, you know, but uh, with a Curve-like uh, <laughs> way to, to uh, deal with that, but to hopefully avoid something like the Curve Wars. <laughs> But maybe familiar with that. Uh, so people try to cheat and game uh, the system. It's always uh, a big, uh, you have to think about game theory all the time when, you, when you're doing su su such things, right? <laughs> and to think about how could people kind to, to, uh, to hack the system and we hopefully find a way uh, for a long-term sustainable liquidity providing system. <laughs> Oh, certainly, certainly, certainly. You got you got to watch out for that because you you got to find a lot of people who want to hack the system yeah. or you know find find a cheat or a, a way to get through. I mean, it's it's happened from from the time you start playing games. You're always looking for those codes. You're always looking for those cheats. Uh, you know, and and it just it just keeps continuing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Therefore, you have to. It's like three D chess. <laughs> you have to think. You have yeah. to think already two, three moves before uh, what could happen. Maybe if you do this and that and. Yeah, it's, it's really a lot of uh, game theory, what you're doing in your daily life as a, as a developer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, super, super, super. All right. Um, I, I want to take this a step further because you said that you were, you know, you're, you're planning to launch in, in the month of August yeah. and, and, that's, and that's brilliant. Uh, but in, you're also trying to time the launch uh, close to the Babylon update, right? Absolutely. Now, um, could you share a little light? Could you share a little light about how how that how that works, and you know what it would mean for you at Aussie? School? It's it's great to be an, an early adopter <laughs> or the uh, early uh, advantage, right? But it's also in the other, other way. It's it's hard to be an early uh, responder. No, uh, therefore, there's a lot of um, moving parts still, and um, yeah, the, the the core developer team Adix works is. Uh, is launching the completely new Babylon network end of July. And obviously mm -hmm. uh, we have to go with the flow at time. So it's like a completely, at the, uh, at the moment, completely fluent system. So also the scripto language, the Redix engine is, is changing. Uh, so we have uh, the very last uh, step is now um, the RCNet v2 end of Ju June. At that moment, we have a complete 100% uh, reliable a system also on the beta net or on the test net, right? So we can uh, be ready for with everything uh, with, a, with certainty and to, to be able to deploy as soon as possible the, uh, the, the actually the, the main net is live, right? And um, obviously, uh, there is uh, a little bit of uncertainty in the beginning, of, of course. We have all to deal with a completely new design and, and, and network in the beginning. Um, but we are also confident with the tools we already have provi provided from the core developer team um, to have a really great smart contract V1. Um, I guess we have to 
uh, do some v2 uh, later on because there are some some changes uh, down the road um, but still uh, we have a, we will have a great great v1 uh, oc swap decks we really look forward to that well yeah uh, of course now when with the babylon update what are some of, what are going what are some of the um, you know, key strength that it's going to bring. What are some of the key changes it's going to bring uh, to, to how uh, how the interaction is going to occur? Yeah. Are we looking at more scalability, mm. more security? Uh, w w what are some of the things that are really going to make it strong? Mm. Yeah. So the Babylon update basically enables uh, smart contracts. Um, so mm. this is with the uh, scripto language, the Rust-based language, and the completely redesigned Redix engine V2. So this. The V1 is now live, but the V2 is so much more capable of stuff, uh, handling stuff. So this is, uh, and also the already mentioned Redix wallet for Apple and Android devices. So this all will come now with Babylon. And obviously not everything is 100% ready on day one, but there will be updates for your Apple or Android app over time so that will enable even more features over time with the, with the Redix wallet. And afterwards, we have the Cyan update that's coming next year, or latest 25. Never really sure with developing cycles, right? <laughs> and this will actually enable the scale scalability um, stuff, what I mentioned earlier. So at the moment, we have to deal with a single chart uh, network. Uh, so that means we have 100 validator nodes um, running, running the network at the moment. And this is also capable of around 50 if 50-ish smart contracts transactions per second. And, uh, but th this will uh, actually completely um, be open after the CN update a la year later. So there will, won't be any more limitations in terms of validator nodes. So we have, uh, could, could have as many validator nodes as possible and also two to the power 256 shards. <laughs> so wow. this is a number more, <laughs> this is more, uh, I don't know, more stars in the universe and stuff. <laughs> so there's an extremely high number of shots. And therefore, there's uh, no upper limit um, in terms of, of scaling, in terms of t transactions per second. So if you have to deal with more demand on the Redix network, mm -hmm. you can add more nodes to the network. So we will have more right. uh, shards, uh, shard spaces, um, sorry, uh, validator sets. This will enable more scale. So we can simply scale with the demand and right. add more nodes to the network. So this kind of nice design. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Lucas, you know, you through this through this entire episode, you've you've focused a lot on how you you enjoy the 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 process that you you're building Aussie Swap and you know the, the team that you've had and, and the journey that it took you to get there. And and as the show is about you know diving into some insights, right? Trying to develop some some insights about uh, these processes from from people like you who are in the industry and and doing things differently. Uh, I, I have to ask: Are there some days at the office where you you know you just want to rip your hair out and say, "Hey, uh, this is you know this is something that that really really bugs me. Uh, this is something that that we need to fix really quick." Uh, but but there's you know there's there's uh, it's just taking too much energy, right? Uh, are there some of those moments that you face and, you know, what are some of those moments? Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, ups and downs all the time as an entrepreneur, as, uh, as a builder. If to face, especially in the crypto space, it's heavily, uh, sh it's still, unfortunately, heavily short-term minded. Uh, so 
people are here mm-hmm. for for quick investments. Uh, it's very volatile still. It's the, also one of the reasons why it's that vol- volatile because people are really looking for the next big big thing to just quickly uh, <laughs> buy this token and then be away as soon as possible after, after pump, right? Yeah. So this is obviously from the from the perspective from a, from a developer or a builder perspective, it's obviously hard hard to deal with that because you're really into this uh, stuff for the long term uh, you have the long-term mindset you're not absolutely so for me personally i'm um, ki- kind of bored about when people talk just talking about charts and prices and, and market sentiments and stuff like that it's kind of the most boring topic uh, from all of those there's so many interesting deep dive uh, things you can talk about all day long uh, what this technology right. enables, and then people are just starting to look at shards and chasing the next, uh, the next uh, Dogecoin, and yeah, that's it, it. It is how it is, right? It's still it's so early stage. We hopefully we will be at the later later stage that um, crypto rep theories, uh, yeah, in the later stage that uh, we face a certain threshold, right? And we don't have to deal with such great volatile movements anymore because uh, this industry is really one of the most important industries, and therefore uh, we have a we've set, set a certain milestone in terms of market cap and stuff like that. And afterwards, we don't have to deal with those extremely high volatile movements anymore. It's really challenging uh, for, for 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 me personally or for a lot of people to deal with that. Because your community is very close to those volatile uh, <laughs> aspects as well, so it's also um, yeah, it's not just like building a smart contract <laughs> uh, to be like a smart uh, a software developing co- company. You have also to deal with those sentiments, and this is really challenging, especially in such a quickly move- moving uh, industry at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I completely feel your pain, and you know when it when it comes to having to to work with these forces, you're you're looking at the tech, and at the same time, there's the market that's that's asking you to to do something different, uh, and and that's always going to be the challenge, right? That's always going to be the challenge of balancing uh, what demands are with what the tech can actually deliver. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so kind of you have also sometimes avoid. Uh, daily movements, daily sentiments, um, or, or facing or looking for the next big narrative and stuff like that. It's really uh, try to get your focus, your, your core principles, uh, try to get your attention all the time, right? This, these shiny new nar- narratives and stuff. But now, especially as a builder, as, as someone who really sees in long-term um, opportunities and what what you could actually enable with this technology, you really have to stay focused as good as possible. Um, that's so important. And yeah, we saw a lot of uh, yeah, mishandling, and unfortunately, especially what we saw last last year with FTX, with Celsius, Celsius, with Luna, with oh, Luna. Yeah. So it is really challenging also to be in this position uh, to 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 stay sane, right? To stay focused. Yeah. Uh, for your core principles, right? If there's so much uh, noise and so much volatile movements all the time uh, to to really stay on your path, uh, that's what we really try to achieve uh, 
with, with Relics, with OCSwap, that we stay on this path, that we stay sane, uh, that we don't move every day to the next narr narrative. Uh, yeah, that's so important because uh, long-term, nobody cares about the narrative from 2021 um, anymore because uh, <laughs> the market has already uh, shifted to the 10th, 20th next narrative already. And yeah, just don't care. Go, go your, go your way. Go, go your own, own, own path, and stay focused. Yeah. I, I agree with this. Okay. Um. I my my last question to you, and and ladies and gentlemen, if you have questions that you'd like to ask uh, Lucas and Team Aussieswap, please send them into AdLunaMind. See, we'll pick them up, or you can message them to the speaker directly, uh, and and we can take them towards the end of the show. But my my uh my question to you, Lucas, at this point of time is. Uh, you've been in the space for a while since 2016, and you know you've you've had an eye on the, the the movement of the industry on one with one lens, right? Uh, as just as an enthusiast, and then since 2021, uh, you know you you started looking at it as a a builder, a developer, and an entrepreneur, right? Correct. What do you see five years from now? Uh, the shift that's going to happen with the industry. What are your thoughts on that? So for the next Yes, or what do you mean? Yeah, the the, the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. uh, let's let's put a timeline to it. Let's say the next five years mm -hmm. or the, the next three years. Let's let's start there. Mm -hmm. I, I I really hope uh, we learn some lessons from from the from the last hype cycle. <laughs> um, so crypto crypto oh, yeah. is, in, is at the moment in a re really weird spot. Uh, cannot really trust custodians anymore with FTX. Uh, so with mm -hmm. centralized exchanges, we have uh, certain trust issues. At the same time, right. we have certain issues with uh, non-custodial uh, solutions at the moment because of all these uh, mm -hmm. hacks and exploits, what, what I mentioned earlier as well. So people are not really sure where to put their, or where to store, or whatever. Even uh, hack, uh, even wallets like Atomic Wallet are now, now hacked. And people thought, right. okay, that, that's kind of weird. Uh, because that's uh, that's a wallet. I, I stopped my own seed phrase, right? How is it even possible? Right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot. Um, yeah, we have, like I said, we are in a really weak spot, and people don't really feel confident at the moment to use either custodial uh, or non-custodial solutions. And what's really important now for the next five years to find a way that people can use non-custodial solutions. In a, in a way that they're feeling confident and not just feeling confident, also the numbers, <laughs> underlying numbers are showing that there are way less hacks and exploits and, and, and weird stuff happening or people misusing uh, funds and stuff like that. And we really see in the statistics uh, that we don't have to deal with $4 billion of hacks anymore. Uh, just in the millions, just, <laughs> it's still too much, but hopefully it will be way, way less than we, what we've seen today. And afterwards, uh, we have, we have a, a great foundation for this industry to move forward, uh, that people are using non-custodial things um, so seamlessly with great UX and feeling safe and confident to use it, actually. That's my vision for the next five years. Well, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, you're, you're right about especially the fact that we've got to learn because what, what, you've, what you've shared with us in terms of, you know, uh, increased security, more, more adoption, uh, these are certainly things that we, we have to put a lot more, we as the industry players, right, have to put a lot more focus on 
uh, over the next horizon. Um, so, uh, Lucas, my my last question to you, and uh, I'm going to check with with my team if there's if there's any more questions that have come in from the audience because I know that we've uh, we we've had a bit of a technical glitch in between, but then we we got back. Um, so here, here's the thing, right? Lucas, you've uh, and and you're in a unique position to to share this because you've you've taken some time off, you know, with a backpack. You've 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 traveled as a digital nomad, you know, with, uh, with your girlfriend, as, as you've said before. Um, and, and I'm certain that that has been you know a lot of learning for you as a person. So um, keep that in mind when I ask you this question, right? What's your personal philosophy? Uh, what is what is that one message you'd like to share with the audience? <laughs> That's already used from Nike, right? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is sometimes. Sometimes it's, the, the, uh, some advices are so simple. Just do it, right? If you really have the passion or the need, or if you're feeling like you want to do something, just freaking do it, right? <laughs> And that's what I actually yeah. did. And I'm so glad I did that at the time, 2017, when I decided to just sign out of Germany <laughs> at the time, just with right. a small backpack, uh, hand luggage, and move forward and, and just explore the world and uh, see what will be next. So this uncertainty um, is kind of, I can kind of relate to the crypto market in, in general as well. So there's a lot of uncertainty also. Right. Maybe that's also what drives me into this space as well, because there's so many things mm -hmm. to, um, to find out to, it's, it's like a journey, like, like, like traveling countries. It's like finding a new ways uh, to achieve certain things in a decentralized non-custodial way with, uh, with crypto as well. So I can really relate to that uh, uncertainty. Right. Uh, just, um, yeah, book your first travel ticket to uh, whatever country and move forward. That's what we actually did. It was on 2017. We just had one single um, ticket, <laughs> one flight mm -hmm. uh, to Malaysia at the time. Right. And then we just moved, moved on. And at the end, it was like three years, three freaking years. And uh, wow. we had no idea before how long it will go and which direction we will uh, go. And I guess uh, I, I experienced the very same now with OC Swap. At the, at the beginning, we had no freaking clue where we're going. We just started mm -hmm. with four very de dedicated co-founders and <laughs> had no, no idea when actually smart contracts are live on, on Radix and uh, still, sure. still not live. <laughs> so, uh, but I really love this situation to be in an uncertain stage and to, to be challenged and yeah, to find, find, right. find ways to, to achieve certain things. So it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> really, really love this, love this analogy. <laughs> Super, super, super. Um, fantastic. Okay, Lucas, I got one question that's that's coming from Rebecca. It's uh, of the places that you visited in the world. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm paraphrasing you, right? So uh, the question that she asked is, uh, of the places that you visited, which place did you like best and why? Yeah, this is a quite common question for some reason. It's so interesting. Um, and still, to this day, hard to answer for myself. Uh, so I've been to so many great places, uh, equally great places. So could just say I really enjoyed to be in, in Colombia, uh, especially in Medellin. For some reason, p people think it's a quite mm -hmm. dangerous place. It's not not at all. It's uh, so many lovely people there, and uh, like oh. like Georgia, 
So also some 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 smaller countries, not many people visited or not really aware of it. But also Georgia is uh, like a love, a love of those foods, uh, Ajapuri, Ajapuri, Kachapuri. It's like a best dish in the world. And uh, I've been to a little, lot of already also, of course, so Southeast Asia is like this spot, the hotspot of, of digital nomads, uh, Bali and, and yeah. Thailand and Malaysia. I've uh, been to all those places as well and really love to be, especially on the co-islands of, of Thailand. Kompangan, uh, for instance, mm -hmm. it's uh, such a lovely island. Uh, so really enjoyed to stay there also kind of kind of longer time. It was like really very enjoy enjoyable experience as well yeah so fantastic i think you've, you've given us all uh, all something to look forward to in the summer uh <laughs> lucas thank you so, <laughs> thank, thank you so much for, for, for accepting our invitation and being part of the show today it, it was insightful uh you know we, we got to learn so much about what what we need to do as an industry with uh you know with with radix and of course now uh we have a travel plan so <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope you've had as much fun being on the <laughs> show as I Absolutely. Did. Enjoyed a lot. Thank you so much for having me uh, to, to ask her to be, be around here and yeah, to introduce a bit of our, our story. Thank you so much. Super. Thank you, Lucas. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week at the same time, uh, at, at the same place. And for those of you that are in, in Dubai, uh, feel free to, to step down over to the World Token Summit. Our co-founders, Natia Bester and Jason Fernandez, are, are speaking there today. Uh, you'd be able to catch up with them, or if you want to you wanna have a meeting with them, then drop us a line, and we'll, we'll try and set that up for you. Uh, well, that's it from, from, uh, from us over at Adlunum. This is JP from Adlunum INC. Thank you so much for being part of the show today, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum, the first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles.